Welcome to this special episode of Matt's Crummy Comics Collection, Ghostbusters Past, Present, and Future. Now, if you're wondering what is with calling this a special episode of something that sounds like a series and you don't know or haven't heard of said series, well, don't worry, there isn't actually any kind of series that you've missed. Let me explain. This is a show that I had wanted to do for quite a while, and most of 2017. I pick up a lot of comic books that are not at all what you would call run-of-the-mill. In fact, if you were to look through the stack of things I have to read, you're not going to find a single Superman, Batman, X-Men, Spider-Man, anything that's being made into a movie, basically. And I kind of wanted to go through these comics summarize them, review them, and kind of uh, maybe even explain why I bought them and and where they fall in my scale of enjoyment of reading. Well, here we are, last, literally last few days of 2017, and that series didn't get off the ground, which is fine. It's not from lack of content. We had a ton of shows this year, and it's just you know one of those pet projects that didn't get done. Well, as I'm putting together the episodes for the end of 2017, I saw that we had a run of 11 Christmas specials in the last few days, or I guess last week and a half leading up to Christmas, and the idea came to me that if we had one more, we would have a solid 12 days of Christmas. So even though I didn't get this series going, and it's likely a series that just might never happen, uh, maybe some specials here and there. I did decide to put together what was going to be the Christmas special of this series had I got it off the ground. And that Christmas special is talking about the comic book called Ghostbusters Past, Present, and Future. So we're going to go through this show kind of the way the series may had gone. Again, it's not a series that has been established or something you've missed. So this is kind of me just working off the top of my head and maybe even planning out what may happen to this if I pursue doing this again, even though I know I just said it's a series that may likely never happen, but these specials may crop up in the future. So bear with me. Maybe we'll have a little fun talking about this and what ends up being a very unique comic. So again, the title Ghostbusters past, present and future. It was released in December of 2009 by IDW publishing now, IDW publishing picked up the Ghostbusters license for the comics in 2008 and started with the new original content for the series on October 1st, 2008, with the title line, or I guess the line you would say, Ghostbusters, The Other Side, Issue 1. There have been quite a few original stories in the IDW Ghostbusters line over the years. There is The Other Side, which we just said was the launch title, Displaced Aggression, Infestation, Answer the Call, there's been a couple of notable crossovers. There's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles slash Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Turtles slash Ghostbusters 2, and the Ghostbusters Get Real. This is not a line I have, but now having researched this, I'm going to get. This is a crossover with the Ghostbusters from the 80s film canon saga, whatever you want to call that, crossed over with the 80s cartoon, the real Ghostbusters. I haven't read this, but I think I'm going to now after finding out this exists. It has a continuing running series that is actually still running as of this recording, which was, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say it's a surprise to me. I I know Ghostbusters is very popular. In fact, the 
Derek from Neo Zaz is a huge Ghostbusters fan. I'm more surprised that there's been a continuing running story, especially in light of comics from the big names like DC and Marvel resetting stories almost annually. So that was uh, the surprise was a pleasant surprise to see that there's a continuing Ghostbusters line still going from IDW. And along with this one shot Christmas issue that I'm going to be talking about. They had a couple of other ones as well. One called Tainted Love, which was a, I don't know if you call it a Valentine's story. I guess it was. It was, it was take, took, takes place on Valentine's Day. Uh, Convolution, Time Scare, and a Ghostbusters Funko Universe issue, which at the time that I knew about this, uh, was it felt like an original one to me because it's the first one I saw, but then saw further that Funko has uh, taken over many comic titles since then. So uh, original at the time I saw it. Now I'm not going to say it's super common, but you, it's it's not hard to find. Uh, and then of course, once I started with these one shots, this this one, this Christmas one, Ghostbusters: Past, Present, and Future. So why did I pick this one up when I found it? Well, like most stories that I'm going to share in doing episodes like this, be it a special or even getting into a series. It starts with the cover. The cover for this one-shot special issue is a gorgeous crossover cover of the Ghostbusters and the quintessential, at least for me, and the the all-time classic Christmas story, A Christmas Carol. On the cover, we see Egon, Winston, and Ray kind of stand at the ready in the streets on the lower third of the page, and Stan has a, a Santa hat on. Uh, kind of above them, looking up towards the sky, is Peter Vinkman with a, a red scarf. Even though it's not quite Christmassy, it puts a little splash of red on the page for this uh, this Christmas issue. The buildings, they're standing in the middle of the street, so the buildings are flanking them on left and right. Over on the left-hand side, we have the ghost of Christmas past. She's kind of, this one is a, is a young lady, uh, kind of a, almost like an ice princess look to her. She has a, a low cut white dress. Her skin is, is kind of a, a whitish blue pale. And she has, it like, it, it seems like her hair turns into this ice tiara, uh, on the front of her head. So that is without a doubt, the ga- the, the ghost of Christmas past above her, is a classic image of Ebenezer Scrooge, a unhappy-looking gentleman with kind of the mutton-chop sideburns, the glasses on the edge of his nose. He has just a slight sneer and a frown. Black jacket, black top hat, no doubt Ebenezer Scrooge. So those are the characters uh, towering over the left-hand side of the city street. Over the right-hand side of the city street, we have the Ghost of Christmas Present. And this one, at, at first glance... It's easy to see it's Ghost of Christmas Present. It's a it's a large gentleman, bearded gentleman, with a holly uh, kind of a crown on, a, a wreath on his head, I guess you would say. He's got the the green and red cloak, uh, robe, uh, with the big white frilly, not frilly, but uh, almost like, I guess maybe frilly is a thing, the the white furred, uh, not, I don't think animal fur, I don't know why I'm defending that because it's a comic picture. It wouldn't be real for it, but those will say white furred trim on the road for lack of a better, better term. That's I say at first glance, at first glance, because at second glance, looking at this, getting ready for the show, he doesn't have anything on under that. Now we don't see him below the waist, but above the waist we do. And we see he is a bare chested hairy man. 
that might be something that is typical to classic tellings of the story that I've not remembered, but looking at details to describe this cover, it stood out. I'm curious that when I do watch some Christmas uh, Carol versions, apart from the Muppet Christmas Carol uh, over the holiday season, if I notice that and just have never realized this character is bare-chested. Can't say he is classically or not, but he certainly is on this cover. So Ghost of Christmas Present above him, the last one we're missing from this part of the tale, of course, is the Ghost of Christmas yet to come. And we have the classic, almost grim Reaper look. In fact, it's, that's almost exactly what it is, except for the skeleton. There's the black cloak, the black hood, no face, completely black in the open hood. Ghost of Christmas yet to come, another classic imagery taken from that classic story, put into this Ghostbusters world. Now... Uh, to better describe the position of the Ghostbusters, again, Egon, Winston, Stan at the bottom third. Next uh, third is Peter Vinkman. So that leaves a big gap between those characters I described on the left and right of the city streets and above Peter Vinkman's head. And there, it's not a blank spot, actually. I kind of <laughs> set that up to almost mislead you. We have Slimer, which is great to have Slimer, but now we've got the dark... And we have some blue, white, red, and green. And this is, without a doubt, a Christmas cover. And it's snowing on top of all this as well. There's splotches of, of white that it resembles snow. Not even resembles snow. It's supposed to. It's it's snow in this picture. We have the little, like, the white dots. Little kind of, eh, like I said, like, just kind of brush dabs. And then you have the, the uh, geometric pattern snowflakes in there as well. But let's get back to Slimer because there's an important thing about Slimer on here. He's also wearing a Santa hat, much like uh, uh, Stan. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, wow, I just said his name earlier, and, I, and it's lost my Ray. Ray uh, is wearing, but he's also wrapped in shackles, chains, or I should say, shackles and chains that are attached to money boxes. So he's playing the character of the spirit of Marley on this cover. So that's the imagery on this cover. And that was enough to catch my eye, no doubt. I was probably going to buy it at that point. But after taking in what I'm looking at on this, the idea, the, the concept of what could be happening in the covers of this comic now really drew me in. The, the concept of the Ghostbusters encountering the ghost of the Christmas Carol, That I needed to know what was going on in this, in this story. So I bought it. I mean, I... I don't know how fast I I put that all together in my head, but the between a gorgeous cover, a what could be a phenomenal idea, I had to have this, and I bought it. I didn't buy it in 2019, so I didn't buy it for its cover price, which was $3.99. I'm sure I bought it. In fact, I know I bought it for less than that. What I don't recall is where I bought it in relation to finding it in the shop. It was a back issue bin. And I don't recall if it was like a, like a miscellaneous IDW or a Ghostbusters uh, like uh, uh, categorized comic. I'm going to guess IDW because I wouldn't have been looking for a Ghostbusters comic. Then there's also the possibility that they were set out. I may have bought it around Christmas and they pulled out Christmas issues and kind of uh, laid them around, not on a table, but on a display. Unfortunately, I don't recall the circumstance I found. Or the, I know it was a comic shop, but I don't recall like what I was looking for when I found it. But regardless of it, of that, I should say, I did buy it. And now 
I am talking about it. And like I said, I was very interested to find out what was actually going on inside this issue. So we're going to find out right now. So first page, let's get to the credits, give credits to the people that put this comic together. This story was written by Rob Williams, art by Diego Jordan. This cover by Nick Runge, and I say this cover specifically, and I'll get to that in a second. Lettering by Neil Yakataki and edits by Tom Waltz. So let's get to that cover thing real quick there. As I was putting this notes together, I found out that there was a uh, variant cover to this. And I have a picture downloaded from the internet. And I am very glad I didn't find this one because I would not have bought this. This is a lot different than the cover I described. What this is, is the ghost of Christmas future in a brown cloak. Again, blacked out face. No, we can't see the face at all. Like larger than, actually very large. I was going to say larger than life, but he's he's huge. He's kind of like Godzilla size. King Kong size is a better description for what I'm getting to here in a second. He's, his robe is brown. He's behind the city streets, kind of like we saw in the one I was talking about, but they're red. The sky is red and orange. And he's got his hand out. He's got his gray, I guess, gloved hand. And he's holding all the Ghostbusters in super dark blue uh, uniforms, uh, jumpsuits. And they're all just kind of looking in different directions. Uh, If I had seen this one, I wouldn't have bought this. I am very glad I found the cover I had. So now with that, let's get into the story. So this story, it starts on Christmas Eve one year ago. No year given and we're going to find out there no no year needs to be given in this story. So one year ago, Christmas Eve, the last ghost of the Christmas Carol story has seemed to have just entered, uh, ended, I should say, his haunting of someone. But it isn't Scrooge. This guy, he's younger, thinner. He has a ponytail and kind of like, a, I guess, a handlebar mustache. In fact, I, th- I think that's what it's called. The one that comes down the side of your lips and goes to your chin, but you don't have a goatee. Now, this gentleman, and we, we still don't know his name yet, he exclaims that no matter how many times these specters visit him, he will never change and threatens the ghost to try it again next year and see what happens. So now, with that, we do jump one year later, and it's Christmas Eve now, the present. And we actually start with the Ghostbusters. They are uh, most of the, the, the three of the Ghostbusters, I should say, uh, Ray, Peter, and Egon. They're heading to the roof of a high-rise to meet with a Woodrow uh, Wainwright Frazier III. This is the gentleman from the opening of the story, the ponytailed, uh, handlebar mustache gentleman. Frazier has two ghosts for the Ghostbusters to catch, or, or that he wants them to catch. And there's a million dollar, a $1 million payday behind it, success or fail, meaning if they take the job, million dollars, boom, instantly. He gets, they'll get, I should say, another $1 million for each ghost they catch. So there's another potential $2 million. And if he, if they do, the Ghostbusters capture both ghosts, there's a, an additional million-dollar bonus. So there is $4 million on the table for this job uh, for the Ghostbusters if they accept, which, of course, they do. So we go back to the firehouse, and Vinkman has now included Winston in on the job for a $10,000 kind of Christmas bonus, which Winston is extremely excited about. And he, they all suit up and the crew head out in Ecto-1. So along the way here, we learn more about this character, this Woodrow Wainwright Frazier III, which is 
becoming increasingly hard to say. That's a bit of a tongue twister. So we find out he's a bit of American royalty, at least in the Ghostbusters saga universe. His ancestor was Thomas Jefferson, and he created a Fortune 500 company. He, meaning uh, Woodrow, created a Fortune 500 company at the age of 22. And shortly after that, he succeeded in a hostile takeover of his father's corporation at 32. And the New Yorker magazine claimed him as America's most ruthless and terrifying businessman. So I guess a shorter way to say that would have been a modern day Scrooge. So he's definitely the the Scrooge of this story, which we kind of knew from the opening of it anyway. But now we've just kind of had it hammered home and, and confirmed. So back at Wainwright's uh, or Woodrow's, whatever his name is, Frazier's penthouse, the Ghostbusters are there uh, meeting him. Uh, meeting up with him, I should say, and just as they do, the ghost of Christmas past arrives. As she forms inside the penthouse, uh, Winston and Vinkman take aim. Uh, instead of trapping the ghost, which is usually the next step, once the proton packs and the uh, streams wrap around the spirit, the trap comes out, opens up. Something different here happens, which is the first thing I really like in this story, is when the impact is made with this ghost of Christmas present, instead of her necessarily being trapped and captured, the ghost actually takes everybody, everybody in the room, and in the room are all four Ghostbusters and Frasier, takes them back to one of the characters' strongest, happiest memories of Christmas past. And in this case, it is is Ray's memory of roasting marshmallows at Lake Wakanda as a child. At this point, Egon figures out that this is the ghost of Christmas past, and they start getting the idea of what's actually going on here. Ray, reliving this memory, he wants to stay because he remembers how happy he was. In fact, this is the point of this. It's the happiest moment in his past at Christmas. At this point, Egon fires his proton pack, and with that moment of clarity, actually sets the trap, capturing the ghost of Christmas past. So with this capture of the ghost of Christmas past, everyone is brought back to present day reality. Everyone except Ray, that is. With this being Ray's memory, he's either chosen to stay because he's so happy or he's trapped there. It's not entirely clear, but either way works for this job, because, or I mean for this story, because as the story moves on, we learn from... Uh, Frazier that if they want the, they being the Ghostbusters want Ray back they have to complete the entire job so now apart from the mo money motivation we have character motivation a personal investment by the other three Ghostbusters to see out this story which we do continue with so I did say everyone's back to present day reality but they're not returned to where they uh, had left from they're not at Frazier's penthouse they're back at the Ghostbusters firehouse and here uh, Winston and Egon learned that Vinkman had made Janine work that night. It's as to remind you, it's Christmas Eve. She's not happy. Janine makes a comment that she was lured into working, uh, for the time and a half pay that she was going to get, but she's a little upset. It's only to sit there and guard the $1 million check that they had already gotten for accepting the job from Frazier. Now, remember that Winston was given a kind of a mirror at this point, $10,000 to come in and work on Christmas Eve. He hears this, gets upset, and in his anger, and his anger grows, and with that, Egon ends up spilling that that's just part of it. This is a whole $4 million potential payout. 
that is the final straw for Winston in this story, and he quits. And as he walks out, this is where it's strange. We're going to talk about this. Uh, we got to kind of got to get through the entire story for me to comment on why this is strange. But I will tell you what happens as Winston walks out. Egon Vinkman and Frazier, the the two remaining Ghostbusters and the the Scrooge character, this are pulled into the future by the ghost of Christmas yet to come. We'll get to that a little bit in my <laughs> my my post story notes. So. Where they are sent to, they're sent to the future New York City, where the Ghostbusters, of course, reside and operate, and it's a war-torn city. And along with that, Vinkman and Egon are actually old men, so it is their, they are living in their future at this moment. The ghost of Christmas yet to come points behind them, and they turn to look, and they see this huge, green, multi teeth mandible creature worm it this is hard to describe this is where a uh posting pictures along with uh, on uh, social media might help but it's it's uh just this giant monster uh it, it has the mandibles like predator but it's on all four corners there's one left right top and bottom that the rows of teeth like the sarlacc from star wars and it's definitely worm shaped, but it's got some some kind of like uh, octopus tentacle suckers on its belly, and it looks like it might have a couple little appendages. Just this horrific creature destroying the city and coming right towards the Ghostbusters. And there's a reason it's coming right towards them because it's Gozer returning stronger and looking for revenge specifically against the Ghostbusters in this story. So Vinkman and Egon discussed that it took all four of the Ghostbusters to defeat Gozer in the past. So they do attempt to stand up to this version of Gozer. Egon is actually like immediately crushed. And I don't mean downtrodden. I mean like bones snapped. He's <laughs> crushed. And when that happens, Vinkman screams. And in this scream, he's returned to the present on top of the high rise where they met Frazier and it's just the two of them. It's just Vinkman and Frazier in the snow, Christmas Eve on the top of the high rise. In the next panel, we actually find out the ghost of Christmas future is also there. And now Frazier offers the entire $4 million payout to Vinkman if he vanquishes this spirit, the spirit being the ghost of Christmas yet to come. I think I said past earlier, but it's yet, yet to come. So Vinkman is confused why he survived. Frazier explains that the ghosts test those with the greatest ambition. This is a kind of a turning point in this story for the Peter Vinkman character, because he's actually not happy to learn that about himself in this particular instance. And he starts to reflect on everything that just happened. It starts to snow and he realizes it's now technically Christmas day. So Vinkman does remove the, uh, I'm not sure what the part of the weapon, the part that fires from his proton pack aims but not at the ghost of christmas yet to come he fires it at fraser and while he's firing he also releases the trap that they used earlier releasing not only the spirit of christmas past but ray egon and winston as well so at this point we get an explanation of what's going on because egon had been speaking to the ghost of christmas present while in that trap 
And what's actually happening here is that the ghost of Christmas present, the ghost we haven't talked about yet in this story, was lured by Fraser during his initial visit to change Fraser's ways, and that and lure and uh, Fraser lure, lured the ghost of Christmas present with his wealth and his lifestyle. That the ghost of instead of trying to turn Fraser into a better person, he ended up possessing Fraser. Uh, from that point on. And this story is not about three ghosts visiting a man and changing his ways. It's about two ghosts coming back every year at Christmas Eve, trying to retrieve their cohort, the third ghost, the ghost of Christmas present. And all these years, they've never been able to get him, get him to leave until now when the Ghostbusters fire on Frasier, releasing the ghost of Christmas present. And at this point, the ghost of Christmas past and future grab him this tired spirit, which is a ghost of Christmas present by his arms, take him away, presumably rehabilitating him to come back and do his proper job. And Christmas is yet to come. And with all three ghosts now released and freed, in a sense, the Ghostbusters saved Christmas if for no one but themselves. So that is the, the story. Now I'm going to go through this with a little bit of a fine tooth comb and start off by saying this cover is a little misleading because uh, I, I described the, the cover in detail for a reason to point out that now that the story is over, there was no Slimer, there was no Scrooge, and while there was a Ghost of Christmas present, he wasn't really seen the way he was uh, portrayed on the cover. And actually I have a few more problems with that in the story as well, but we're going to move on. Little nitpicky comments that I want to make. First off, there is a joke on here that I think is very out of character for the Ghostbusters on the, the second page while the Ghostbusters are talking to one another. Peter Vinkman actually refers to Egon as Elton. I, I know Vinkman is a much more, uh, I don't know, selfish or cocky character than the others and uh, more of a wry comedy written character, but he that that's a joke. I don't think would have been written for that character in any of the movies. So that, that stood out to me as a odd choice of a joke in the opening panels of this comic. Uh, I think there was, I don't know, maybe, maybe the, the, just the idea of marshmallows for Ray's memory is a callback to this, but I really had wished and was looking really hard for a stay puffed logo or even word on the, the thing on the, the package of marshmallows. And I was going to say it was a missed opportunity, but I don't think it was. I really think the marshmallows are a callback to the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I just, even though I don't necessarily need it in my face explained to me, I, I, I think putting the word Stay Puft on a bag wouldn't have been that. It would have been in addition to that callback. But nonetheless, it wasn't there. But I think the marshmallows were certainly a callback to that. And I actually like that. So, okay, here's where I have, it's, it's kind of towards the end where I, I'm getting big problems with the story and it's not just me, um, having problems with the story. It's, it's the, the problems are kind of presented in the story. First, Winston walking off and everyone disappearing. That seems to be where the ghost of Christmas present should arrive. But of course we never see him till the very end. And we're, we're told why, or at least in an edit, we're told why. And I say in an edit because when was Winston sucked into the trap to be released in the end? I mean, obviously he wasn't. So now getting to saying we're told in an edit, I'm not quite sure how uh, to describe what I'm saying. 
I'm going to kind of go through the end of the story again to get to the point that I'm trying to make. And I'm probably not right. And, and again, it's just my speculation. But here's here's where I'm going with this. When Vinkman is about to turn, the Frasier character says something specific that gives him a clue that Frasier's actually the ghost of Christmas present. The line, and I'm reading it right now, straight out of the comic from Frasier, says the ghost, all three of the ghosts, wish to find and test those with the greatest ambition. This is right at the point where Vinkman is asking, why me? Why is he going to get all the money? That All that. And then Vinkman realizes what's happening, zaps him, then releases the trap, and all of the, 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 the two ghosts come out, and Winston, Ray, and Egon return. This is where I think there's an edit issue, but I, I could be completely off base on this because with that knowledge and thinking back in the story to where they returned from Christmas past and they didn't return to Frazier's penthouse, but they returned to the Ghostbusters uh, firehouse. It almost seems like ever since they got involved with the ghost, this has all been part of the ghost reality, but there's no thing at the end that takes them back to or outside of this indicating that, and there's still no explanation of why Winston got sucked up into the, the trap. I had thought if we are going to get like a last panel where there there's like a kind of like a time warp or a white screen and everything's back to normal, then that would explain why Winston mysteriously disappeared without any explanation. So I think, I think somewhere along the line, either in the end, and again, that's me speculating, or with Winston getting sucked into the trap, something was cut for time. They maybe had to fit this in so many pages. And I'm not saying this story suffers. I'm just saying that now looking at this panel by panel, page by page, I think there's something missing here. But all in all, that's really my last a uh, big note on this at all. And, and that's, I wouldn't even call that a criticism. That might be me way overthinking everything I just read, because this is the first time I'm doing a show like this. And the first time I'm really looking at every single detail might be my mind playing tricks on me, or there might be a problem. But beside that, I actually really enjoyed this. So I'm ready to give it some kind of rating, and I haven't really figured out exactly what to do on this, other than I had the kind of the alliteration-ish idea of going from crummy to classic and other ones in between, but I never made up a rating. So if I were to use that crummy to classic, I'd say it's a little better than okay. It's uh, bordering on pretty good, but not quite there. And I guess in a scale of 1 to 10, that would probably put it at about a a 6.5. I don't think I'll read it again because... It was pretty memorable and relatively short, and I could probably tell you this entire story again next Christmas and get a lot of it right. I probably wouldn't have the complete minutia of it in the fine detail, but I'm sure what I told you and then you went and read the comic would match up at least as far as the story goes. So it's not one I need to, I think I'll need to remind myself about. I think if you're a Ghostbuster fan, it's, it's worth having. It's like I said, I mean, it's a, it's an it's better than okay story. The art is really good. There's some character issues with the jokes and whatnot, but when you're writing entirely new dialogue and you've probably been writing dialogue for established characters, you have to use new words and phrases, so that's forgivable as well. Um other than that, um I would like again, Ghostbuster fan, check it out. If you're just interested and curious, let's see what this looks like. I if there's a digital copy, which I don't know. I don't know IDW's digital library, but if there is, 
Uh, check that out. Uh, at the very least, search for the cover online, and I'll, it's part of my cover art for this episode. And if I uh, think, of, if I remember, which is always a problem, the older I get, I'll post it on Facebook as well. But at least check out the cover. The cover alone, take away the publisher ID, the price, and maybe even the title. I would love to see this as a poster because the idea of the Ghostbusters being surrounded by the spirits of Christmas uh, from the Christmas Carol, that's just such a great idea. So all in all, uh, this was a fun experiment to do, and I'm glad I got the opportunity to do it this year after all. Let me know what you think. Um, I'm really curious on anyone's feedback on this because this is kind of a – we do have a, a one uh, a comic series, but it's more of a Simpsons series, although it's Simpsons comics, but we don't really dive into a show that looks at all kinds of comics. And I'm not entirely sure – I mean, there's a ton online. I know people like them, but I'm curious if people that listen to Neo's ass shows are, are – uh, looking for something like that as well. And if there, if you did listen to this and you have some ideas, good or bad, please let me know. Post them on our Facebook page, fill out our contact form at neozaz.com or anywhere else that of our contact points. I'm really curious what people uh, think of a, a show like this. Again, don't know or even really think it's going to be a series, at least not right away, not in the first few months of 2018. But it could be something that has a lot of specials, especially around the holidays. I mean, I've got a ton of Halloween-themed comics, so that'd be an easy one to do. But uh, I am really curious on feedback on this, because I didn't think I'd get a chance to do this this year. Kind of gave up on the project, but when the opportunity arose to do it in a Christmas theme to get that 12 Days of Christmas uh, kind of unofficial challenge done, I was happy to do it. So... With that, I'll say also check out everything else we've done at Neozaz this Christmas at neozaz.com. This there's been twelve from Christmas Day. If you haven't, if you're downloading this before Christmas Day 2017, from Christmas Day back, all those twelve days, that week and a half, we have had a Christmas release of some sort. That's something we've never done before, so that was really fun to be able to accomplish that uh, kind of by accident. So check that out. Uh, if you're stumbled on this after December of 2017, just Search for Christmas at neozaz.com, and then it'll. If you find this entry, everything, obviously, uh, not everything, but quite a few posts before this and quite a few posts after this, anything that adds up to 12, will have those shows as well. But we also have a ton of stuff at neozaz.com if you're new to this network. Best way to say it is if you have an interest in anything pop culture, chances are we've done at least one special on it, if not an entire series on it. So again, neozaz.com is where you can find all that. We also have our social media pages or Neozaz Podcast on Facebook, and Neozaz on Twitter and Instagram. And with that, I'm going to wrap up and say thank you for listening. I really mean that because, like I said, this was just kind of a shot in the dark special to do. So thanks for hanging in to the point where you're hearing me say thank you. Have a great holiday. And who knows, maybe somewhere down the line, I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>